Read-alouds with Mr. McCormick. Welcome to Read-alouds with Mr. McCormick. Kick back and listen in your sweats to some quality writing from prominent preteen authors. The voice recordings are performed by your favorite failed lounge singer, Mr. McCormick himself. Enjoy. Welcome to Read Alouds with Mr. McCormick, where each day a new recording of our classroom read aloud book, The Wild Robot, will be on this page. The Wild Robot is a powerful story about an abandoned robot trying to find herself on an island filled with mammals different than her. To survive, she will need to learn how to adapt, make friends, and persevere through each challenge thrown her way, even when the odds are stacked against her. The best part of our recordings is that you can listen to this great story at any point during your day. Maybe you'd like to listen to the story right before bed, or when you eat your breakfast, or really any time in between. Feel free to listen with your family if you wish. Either way, the choice is yours. Enjoy. And we're going to start today with chapter one, the ocean. Our story begins on the ocean, with wind and rain and thunder and lightning and waves. A hurricane roared and raged through the night. And in the middle of the chaos, a cargo ship was sinking down, down, down to the ocean floor. The ship left hundreds of crates floating on the surface. But as the hurricane thrashed and swirled and knocked them around, the crates also began sinking into the depths. One after another, they were swallowed up by the waves until only five crates remained. By the morning, the hurricane was gone. There was no clouds, no ships, no land in sight. There was only calm, calm water and clear skies, and those five crates lazily bobbing along an ocean current. Days passed, and then a smudge of green appeared on the horizon. As the crates drifted closer, the soft green shapes slowly sharpened into the hard edges of a wild, rocky island. The first crate rode to shore with a tumbling, rumbling wave and then crashed against the rocks with such force that the whole thing burst apart. Now, reader, what I haven't mentioned is that tightly packed inside each crate was a brand new robot. The cargo ship had been transporting hundreds of them before it was swept up in the storm. Now only five robots were left. Actually, four were left because when that first crate crashed into the rocks, the robot inside shattered to pieces. The same thing happened to the next crate. It crashed against the rocks and robot parts flew everywhere. Then it happened to the next crate and the next. Robot limbs and torsos were flung onto ledges. A robot he head splashed into a tide pool. A robot foot skittered into the waves. And then came the last crate. It followed the same path as the others, but instead of crashing against the rocks, it sloshed against the remains of the first four crates. Soon, more waves were heaving it up out of the water. It soared through the air, spinning and glistening, until it slammed down into a tall shelf of rock. The crate was cracked and crumpled, but the robot inside was safe. Chapter 2. The Otters the island's northern shore had become something of a robot gravesite. Scattered across the rocks were the broken bodies of four dead robots. They sparkled in the early morning light, and their sparkles caught the attention of some very curious creatures. 
a gang of sea otters was romping through the shallows when one of them noticed the sparkling objects. The otters all froze. They raised their noses to the wind, but they smelled only the sea. So they cautiously crept over to the rocks to take a closer look. The gang slowly approached a robot torso. The biggest otter stuck out his paw, swatted the heavy thing, and quickly jumped back. But nothing happened. So they wiggled over a robot hand. Another brave otter snuck out her paw and flipped the hand over. It made a lovely clinking sound on the rocks, and the otter squeaked with delight. They spread out and played with the robot arms and legs and feet. More hands were flipped. One of the otters discovered a robot head in a tide pool, and they all dove in and took turns rolling it along the bottom. And then they spotted something else. Overlooking the gravesite was the one surviving crate. Its sides were scraped and dented, and a wide gash ran along its top. The otters scampered up the rocks and climbed into the big box. Ten furry faces poked through the gash, eager to see what was inside. What they saw was another brand new robot, but this robot was different from the others. It was still in one piece, and it was surrounded by spongy packing foam. The otters reached through the gash and tore at the foam. It was so soft and squishy, they squeaked as, it, as they snatched at the fluffy stuff. Shreds of it floated away on the sea breeze. And in all the excitement, one of their paws accidentally slapped an important little button on the back of the robot's head. Click! It took a while for the otters to realize that something was happening inside the crate. But a moment later, they heard it. A low whizzing sound. Everyone stopped and stared. And then the robot opened her eyes. Chapter 3. The Robot. The robot's computer brain booted up. Her programs began coming online. And then, still packed in her crate, she automatically started to speak. Hello, I am Rosam Unit 7134, but you may call me Roz. While my robotic systems are activating, I will tell you about myself. Once fully activated, I will be able to move and communicate and learn. Simply give me a task and I will complete it. Over time, I will find better ways of completing my tasks. I will become a better robot. When I am not needed, I will stay out of the way and keep myself in good working order. Thank you for your time. I am now fully activated. Chapter 4. The Robot Hatches As you might know, robots don't really feel emotions. Not the way animals do anyways. And yet, here she sat in her crumpled crate. Roz felt something like curiosity. She was curious about the warm ball of light shining down from above. So her computer brain went to work, and she identified the light. It was the sun. The robot felt her body absorbing the sun's energy. With each passing minute, she felt more and more awake. Then her battery was good and full. Roz looked around and realized she was packed inside a crate. She tried to move her arms, but they were restrained by cords. So she applied more force, and the motors in her arms hummed a little louder, and the cords snapped. Then she lifted her hands and pulled apart the crate. Like a hatchling breaking from a shell, Roz climbed out into the world. Chapter 5. The Robot's Gravesite Those otters were now hiding behind a rock. Their round heads nervously poked up as they watched the sparkling monster emerge from the crate. The monster slowly turned her head as she scanned the coastline. Her head turned and turned all the way around, and it didn't stop turning until she was looking right at the otters. Hello, otters. My name is Roz. 
the robot's voice was simply too much for the skittish creatures. The biggest otter squeaked, and the whole gang suddenly took off. They galloped back across the robot gravesite, flopped into the ocean, and raced through the waves as fast as they could. Roz watched the otters go, but her eyes lingered on the sparkling objects that littered the shore. The objects looked strangely familiar. The robot swung her left leg forward, and then her right, and just like that, she was taking her very first steps. She stomped away from her crate and over the rocks and through the gravesite until she was standing above a broken robot body. She leaned in and noticed the word Rosam lightly etched on the torso. She noticed the same word on all the torsos, including her own. Roz continued exploring the gravesite until a playful little ocean wave washed over the rocks. She automatically stepped away from it. Then a bigger wave sloshed towards her and she stepped away again. And then a gigantic wave crashed over the rocks and engulfed the entire gravesite. Heavy water pounded against her body and knocked her to the ground. And her damage sensors flared for the very first time. A moment later, the wave was gone and Roz lay there, dripping and dented and surrounded by dead robots. Roz could feel her survival instincts, the part of her computer brain that made her want to avoid danger and take care of herself so she could continue functioning properly. Her instincts were urging her to move away from the ocean. She carefully got to her feet and saw that high above the shore, the land was bursting with trees and grasses and flowers. It looked lush and safe up there. It looked like a much better place for a robot. She had just one problem. To get up there, she would have to climb the sea cliffs. Chapter 6. The Climb Crack! Thunk! Cling! Roz was having a little trouble climbing the, the cliffs. She had a new dent on her rear and a long scrape down her side. And she was just about to get another ding when a crab scuttled out from under a piece of driftwood. The crab looked up and immediately showed off his giant claws. Everyone was afraid of his claws. But not the robot. She just looked down and introduced herself. Hello, crab. My name is Roz. After a brief standoff, the crab cautiously backed away, and that's when Roz noticed how easily he moved over the rocks. With his wide stance and grippy feet, the crab could crawl up and down any rock face. So Roz decided to try out his climbing technique. She spread her arms wide and clamped each side of her hands onto the cliffside. She jammed one foot into a crack and lifted her other foot onto a narrow ledge. And just like that, she was climbing. Roz moved awkwardly at first. A chunk of rock crumbled in her hand, and she had trouble finding footholds. But as she climbed higher and higher, she started to get the hang of it. Seagulls squawked from their cliff nests and soared away when the robot came too close. But Roz paid them no mind. She was focused only on getting to the top. Up and up and up she went, methodically climbing past nests and ledges and tiny trees rooted in the cracks. And before long, our robot felt the soft soil of the island beneath her feet. Chapter 7. The Wilderness. Animal sounds filled the forest. Chirps and wing beats and rustlings in the underbrush. And then from the sea cliffs, there came new sounds. Heavy, crunching footsteps. The forest animals fell silent, and from their hiding places, they watched a sparkling monster stomp past. But the forest was not a comfortable place for Roz. Jagged rocks and fallen trees and tangled underbrush made it difficult for her to walk. She stumbled along, struggling to keep her balance. 
until her foot snagged and she toppled over like a piece of timber. It wasn't a big fall. No dings, no dents, just dirt. But Roz was programmed to keep herself in good working order. And once she was back on her feet, she immediately began cleaning herself off. Her hands darted around her body, quickly brushing and picking off every speck of dirt. Only when the robot was sparkling again did she continue through the forest. Roz stumbled on until she found a patch of ground that was flat and open and carpeted with pine needles. It seemed like a safe place, and safety was all the robot really wanted. So she stood there, motionless, all perfect lines and angles set against the irregular shapes of the wilderness. Chapter 8. The Pine Cones. If you stand in a forest long enough, eventually something will fall on you. And Roz had been standing in the forest long enough, a gentle wind whispered through the treetops, and then, thunk, a pine cone bounced off her head. The robot looked down and watched the pine cone roll to a stop. It seemed harmless, so Roz went right back to doing nothing. A few hours later, a gust of wind rushed through the treetops, and then, treetops, excuse me, and then, thunk, the robot looked down as another pine cone rolled away. And then a few hours later, a howling wind tore through the treetops. She it bent trunks and shook branches, and then thunk, thunk, thunk. Pine cones began raining down. Thunk, thunk. Roz felt something like annoyance. Thunk. She quickly scanned the area for somewhere safe from pine cones, and she stopped the perfect place at the perfect place when she looked up at the huge rocky shape that towered above the forest. Chapter nine, the mountain. Roz was now stomping her way up the mountain. Dense forest and rocky outcrops forced the robot to zig and zag and backtrack. But after an hour of steady hiking, she arrived at the craggy mountain peak. Grasses and flowers and shrubs sprouted from every pocket of soil. But there were no trees at the top. Roz was safe from those annoying pine cones. She dusted herself off and carefully climbed up a leaning slab of stone to the highest point of the entire mountain. The robot slowly turned her head completely around. She saw the ocean stretching to the horizon in every direction. And in that moment, Roz learned what you and I have known since the beginning of this story. In that moment, Roz finally realized that she was on an island. Roz looked down and surveyed the island. Starting from the sand, sandy southern point, the island grew wider and greener and hillier until it finally jutted up to the rocky cone of the mountain. In some places, the mountain fell away leaving sheer cliffs. A waterfall rushed off one cliff and fed a river that wound its way through a great meadow in the center of the island. The river flowed past wildflowers and ponds and boulders and then disappeared into the forest. Blurry shapes suddenly cut through the robot's vision. She refocused her eyes and saw vultures circling, circling excuse me, above the foothills. Then she noticed lizards warning themselves on a distant rock, warming. A badger peeked out from a berry bush. A moose waded through a stream. A flock of sparrows tuned in perfect unison above the trees. The island was teeming with life. And now it had a new kind of life. A strange kind of life. Artificial life. And we're going to stop there for today with Chapter 10, The Reminder. Thanks very much, guys, for listening, and have a wonderful day. Bye.